0: Here's Johnny! I'll
1: be back. And you will know my name is the I'm walking here! I'm walking
2: here! I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Groovy.
1: Are we all set to go then? Yes.
2: Yeah, when your hand is go you it's not creepy or anything.
1: I like how that communicated through the mic. I didn't think it'd pick up. No, it didn't. Oh, you came like off as like Kristoff
2: from Truman Show.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. If I knew that, I'd put it into every episode. All right. Cue the Welcome, ladies... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Take two. <clears throat> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Box Office Pulp. Your... Guys, <laughs> I'm laughing. It's my stupid joke. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel? I hate the it. Returns have tabled.
0: Ah I threw shit before I walked into the room! <laughs>
1: oh, not fair. And through yeah. editing, it will seem that way. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, and moxie. Now, I can make a wish. I think I'd pass. Can't think of anything I need. No cigarettes, no sleep, no light, no sound. Nothing to eat, no books to read. Actually, I need something more than the air I breathe. I need more MonsterVerse movies. I need more... Godzilla versus King Kong, because that was delightful. I love that. Just came out, folks. I'm sure you've probably seen it by the time you're listening to this episode. If not, you're wasting your lives. Uh, joining me tonight to talk about the newest kaiju beat-em-up are my co-host, Mike. Say hello, Mike. Per the universe,
2: and how it just evens out, and how it has certain basic building blocks to life and the natural order, which, of course, we know Godzilla's all about, particularly in this series. Um, this King Kong, for his you know, delightful and lovable that he is, will attempt to sexually assault a blonde woman before dying.
1: Thanks, I hate it. Also joining us tonight is my other co-host, Jamie. Say hello, Jamie.
0: I'm just happy that I got the main thing I was hoping for out of this movie, which was kong drinking goo
1: <laughs> that's what we all want i only come to these things for goo well and hover cars i'm at, i'm very glad the hover cars were were a part of this. more hover cars H- hover cars
2: are good there should be more hover cars in movies like can we just have movies have hover cars
1: exclusively i will say remember all the way back to the return of godzilla godzilla 84 85 whatever it was when I first saw that, I was so confused when there were the, the like, the hover tanks that went against Godzilla. Yeah. And now that's that's all I want in my Godzilla films. I'm like, they knew what they were doing in the 80s, just fucking throwing some hover tech. People love it. Anyways, I I, I think I made my opinion of the movie pretty clear. I had a rip-roaring good time. What did you guys think of the film? Are, are, are Were you fans? Um, hmm.
2: It was okay. I found it okay. I really like giant monkey punching giant lizard. Jimmy,
0: oh,
1: no, uh, permission to treat the Witnesses hostile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, I feel like Mike and I came uh, out of the movie feeling uh, about the same. I like Godzilla versus Kong, but with a fairly large asterisk. It delivered on pretty much everything it needed to deliver on, but got to that delivery in a lot of ass-backwards ways. <laughs> uh, can I be like a little baffled in some yeah. regards it's still overall movie I would say definitely check out and there's so much to love inside of it from the uh, action scenes to the lore stuff but oof there, there are some head scratching storytelling decisions in this movie that are gonna give me pause for a while baffling is
2: definitely the way to put it I, I think you said it best when uh earlier after we watched which is there's like the stuff i love i really love and the stuff i don't like i really don't like that much like there's just baffling decisions that i i don't i don't understand why a bunch of talented people went in certain directions it's not that events are bad i just don't understand editing choices or storytelling choices that for me make it the weakest of the of the monster verse the monarch verse legendary verse however the fuck you want to call it in any particular article because <laughs> no one's decided on a name um
1: i think it's monarch is
2: it's monkey verse weird. i like monarch monkey, verse monkey, monkey 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 i wish someone's chanted
0: monkey.
1: that at some point uh thank
0: you james <laughs> it was me i
1: was in my house <laughs> chanting that the whole time like, <laughs> Get back up, Kong.
0: yeah it's it's very schizophrenic in that way where it's like it's a film where whenever it's firing on all cylinders, you're like rising out of your chair cheering. And whenever it's being wonky, you're just kind of looking at your phone and wondering like, what? why did this become a Transformers sequel for 20 minutes?
2: A lot of the human stuff, I, I actually generally don't rag on human stuff with kaiju movies and particularly with MonsterVerse stuff. I, I've i actually defended Edward's uh Godzilla human plot quite a bit not that I think it's good or or great I should say I think it's poorly handled and most importantly miscast Um, I absolutely adore the human element of King of the Monsters and I generally am very apologetic for the human story in kaiju movies in general I think there is a hump that needs to be getting over where we rely less on the human element but it's something that has to be there because you know stories exist, so you kind of need something that does a story, and I'm sorry, but you can't really actually have... It sounds fun on paper, but you can't actually just have Godzilla punch another monster for two hours straight. I mean, I would watch it, but that's not actually a movie. Um, But I do think there are better ways to handle it than how it was handled here, where, as you said, did remind me a lot of Transformers 1. Um, it was written a little bit better, yeah. but I just my the main thing I keep going back to in regards to what I don't like about Godzilla vs. Kong is over complication. It's just such an overly unnecessarily complicated film with too many characters. It's not that th- not them being there that bothers me. I'm not one of those people. Because um, there was a huge cast in King of the Monsters, and I honestly love all of them. I'll watch that movie for the human element. I am befuddled by a lot of the decisions with the human plot as far as this goes. But there's a lot in regards to it I like as ideas and conceptions. But the execution of
1: them I'm not a fan of.
0: Yes, but Brody outside... <laughs>
1: Fight! Ah, uh, I mean... I have snide remarks, so I'll hide those. Uh, mostly, like, we haven't gotten into specifics, so it's tough to, to say I disagree or agree with any specific thing. I think most of the critiques I've heard about the film so far, I can't say are wrong. You know, people that complain, oh, the film is dumb, I, I can't necessarily agree with. I mean, full-on spoilers here. It, it ends with one of the human characters dumping a uh, flask of alcohol on a computer terminal which disrupts Mecha Godzilla from being able to do his final move. I mean, you have to realize at a certain point that it's going to break certain audiences when you get to moments like that, and other people are going to go, okay, that's, I'm almost certain, intentionally dumb. Like, well, everyone so understands don't... computers don't quite work that way.
0: <laughs> well, I just seems, moments like that seem like they belong in a movie from about 13 years ago. Like, this... Uh... Like the, the fact that there is a we have to hack Godzilla sequence here, which ultimately doesn't affect that much. It's like, it's not that there. this movie has a lack of positive qualities. It's that all the stuff that's absolutely fantastic about it gets weighed down with a lot of chuffa in the screenplay. And I, I came away feeling like this was a really, really great script that got noted over and over and over again. And when you look at the writing qu- credits, it's kind of a clusterfuck there. So I can very easily see that happening. A lot of cooks in the kitchen.
1: There are certain parts where I think there, there was maybe additional footage done and they had to smooth over things quickly by cutting here and there. Uh, one of the things I thought was a little off was after the first Godzilla vs. Kong battle, where they decide, what if we just helicopter Kong in, and then they cut to the Antarctic and Kong's in a net. It feels like (laughs) somehow that must have been a fix later, because it just feels so jarring compared to everything else. I mean, it does kind of invalidate the entire idea of, like, why did we put him on a cruise ship in the first place? Like, putting him on a a, a battleship that they know is going to intercede with Godzilla seems like a poor idea.
0: Look, Wingard wanted to do the boat and the balloon lift. You have to do it for it to be Godzilla versus Kong. I respect that, at least.
1: Well, the thing is, I don't even mind it because we still get the whole boat battle, which is fantastic. I mean, obviously, it was kind of ruined for marketing because they had to give us something. So they That's gave us the majority of the boat fight while hiding a lot of the Kong, or Hong Kong fight and not giving us any of the Mechagodzilla fight. So I, I appreciate what the marketing did It basically just saying, okay, we're going to spoil one third instead of spoiling giant chunks of all three big battle segments. Uh That said, yeah, I still really enjoyed the boat fight. I I love uh, world-weary Kong doing the John McClane dive off the boat. (laughs) The (laughs)
0: characterization of Kong in this film is probably the best thing about it. I love the range of emotion they were able to pull off in his face. And there's so much character given to him, even without the sign language subplot, that doesn't quite go anywhere.
1: Well, and for monster action, I love the stuff in this series more than any of the others. Just the the personality they can give to Kong as a thinking adversary for Godzilla. I love little bits where he does a big white haymaker to hit Godzilla. Godzilla is kind of prepared for another haymaker, but because Godzilla is like tensed up for that blow, Godzilla or uh, Kong just shoves him with the shoulder instead and knocks him off the boat. It's it's really fun fight choreography for two giant CGI monsters and. I like how they manage to sneak personality into both of them, where they have slightly different styles. Like, it starts with Godzilla just kind of doing almost man-in-a-suit slap action and punches and and grappling. But later on, when Godzilla finally turns the battle around in in his favor for Hong Kong, it's a totally different style of fight from Godzilla. The, The choreography they use there is almost more like, you know, a giant lizard at that point, scraping and clawing and biting instead of the punches we saw earlier. Plus we get all the fun of Kong jumping around Hong Kong like a you know, like an athlete. Like he's just using <laughs> the, the city as a playground to push himself all over the place and try and maneuver himself into the right spot to beat what is essentially a gun versus knife fight. I, I really love the choreography and the battles here so much. I, I think they're so fun. The second half of the movie for me really picks up because I get into those bigger fights and you know, once all the Hollow Earth stuff hits, I am one hundred percent on board with the movie.
0: Oh, the, the I, I was saying this the whole time we were watching it. I just want to see a Monarch spinoff where they just explore the Hollow Earth. Just I, I want to see that environment for an entire film.
2: Yeah, that is an incredible like sci-fi world they've just kind of stuck in here. And it really and it, makes with all, it its own tragic. built-in mythology.
0: It makes it tragic that we had to rush immediately into Kong versus Godzilla with the Monarch verse wrapping up because God. I would be down for, like, four or five adventurer Kong movies with him, like, exploring the savage land and shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone kind of assumes this is the end of the MonsterVerse, although this movie is doing much it's better doing than It's doing very well, yet. yeah. So, who knows? They might be able to turn things around, especially since, what, Kong? Toho doesn't own the rights to Kong at all, right? They, they could keep doing Kong movies if they so chose. Technically, yeah. I mean, they have separated the characters by the end of this film, where Kong rules the underworld and Godzilla owns the the land of man. So they they could really just, if they wanted to, split them off that way and make the entire film about what's happening inside the Hollow Earth, which is honestly probably more interesting anyways, because there's between King of the Monsters and this film, I think a little bit of a disagreement in terms of what they want to do with the lore of the human world. You know, at the end of King of the Monsters, we had this idea that the Titans have returned and where they go. There is massive ecological growth and, and kind of nature is taking back over the planet. This movie says, eh, well, it's been three years. Things are pretty much back to normal. Godzilla is just in hiding.
0: I was very, I was very frustrated, frustrated with that.
2: Yeah. There was a lot of, there was more follow up to King of the Monsters than I was expecting. But there was also a lot that I thought would just be naturally built in to Godzilla versus Kong based on, hey, that was the end of King of the Monsters. They knew this was coming. So obviously that's there to, build into this. And it just didn't matter. Like, oh, all the other monsters got defeated okay. at this point.
0: Yeah, that's why uh, I kind of find it frustrating that uh, they miss the perfect opportunity to set up Mecha Godzilla with having him d- having specifically that character defeat all of the other kaiju that were roaming around at the end of King of the Monsters. Considering like, uh, that whole story arc was supposed to be about, like, defeating the titans once and for all and having like a titan that works specifically for man which which is an interesting idea and something that like sets him up as like an an, an arch enemy of godzilla in such an interesting way i, 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 was, I was disappointed they didn't go more into that stuff because that that would be such a cool uh escalation of all the themes that were raised in the previous film
2: yeah to me like that was almost what should have been the main plot even if i'm I'm perfectly okay with Mecha Godzilla being a surprise reveal, but the concept behind why Mecha Godzilla is here is really fascinating by itself and the fact Sarazawa's son is involved completely wasted um as an <coughs> inverse to Sarazawa's own uh motivations. Uh the being the exact flip side, which you can get all into character stuff with with that that would be incredibly fascinating. And the fact it's kind of reduced to some dude twirling his mustache essentially is is an odd choice, but I like the idea, and it kind of goes back to humans creating like the A bomb and stuff like that, and creating this aberration to the natural order. It's you know made of metal and machinery and technology, and it's the exact
1: opposite of what Godzilla stands for. I think you could really dive into honestly. There's a lot of over analytical stuff you could do here because <laughs> <laughs> the movie isn't isn't trying to make war and peace type statements. But the the general through line I got from the whole thing is, one, honestly, the the bad corporation is called Apex. The whole conflict is because Kong and Godzilla both view themselves as the Apex villains of the world. And oddly enough, we get to the end of a versus movie where the big dramatic choice is Kong decides it's fine. He doesn't have to be king and puts down his axe and kind of swears fealty to the bigger, tougher monster, which I, I kind of like. Like Kong in the end chooses pacifism over violence in a versus movie about two it giant nice, monsters yeah. that
0: fight like, kong weirdly no, has way. an amazing, kong has weirdly had an amazing character arc over these movies
1: yeah it's you can dig too far into it too because it gets a little weird with one it starts with kong essentially trapped by monarch they, they won't let him leave so there's the illusion of choice that he's living his best life on the island then they force him into leaving the island. Then they trick him into going into the hollow earth by saying, there could be more like you, even though they know that's probably a lie. So they're, they're setting this whole thing up to kind of trick him in different ways to fight Godzilla and all this. And the only choice Kong gets to make in the film is to not fight. The whole thing he seems designed for is a giant monster whose ancestors apparently were entirely wiped out in a war with Godzilla's ancestors, which is surprisingly beautiful for one of these kind of giant tentpole movies. Oh, Definitely. I and love that's... Kong in this film so much. And and reasons like that are well that and him starting off the movie by just scratching his ass and being like, Hmm, Tropical Life
0: is okay. Day in the Life of Kong is like the my favorite sequence from any movie this year.
1: But I think they did a pretty smart thing, just appeasing all fan bases by one. You center the movie on Kong, who is pretty human like, so you can do a lot with him. But the Godzilla fans were adamant Godzilla would beat Kong in a fight. Still get to say at the end of the day, yes, we were right, Godzilla got to beat Kong. <laughs> Plus, it has been Godzilla's franchise. This is his third movie, Kong Got 1. So it, it makes sense that the franchise heavy essentially gets to prevail in the end. Uh, but you give enough for both sides to feel happy with the results, I think. Um, plus, I, I love how they switched this thing around and they make Godzilla the heel in this franchise for the first time. Obviously, we find out that he's not really just destroying cities for the fun of it. But uh, the fact that we bond so much with Kong and then see Godzilla try and take him out first chance he gets and to do everything he can to just destroy Kong even when he's on a boat in chains is is a fun way of going back to kind of some Godzilla roots and making him the bad guy for a big chunk of the movie.
2: I did really like that. My, my only complaint with that is there was no – since they didn't use Madison in this way. There was no, like, Godzilla advocate character speaking like, you know, Sarazawa did previously, kind of speaking for what's going on with Godzilla or trying to understand Godzilla more uh, as to why he's suddenly done this heel, like, perceived heel move. That makes sense. Like, there's this aberration apex predator out there that humans are creating, and he needs to stop it. It's completely in line with his personality as it's been presented these last few movies so uh, i would have liked to have seen a little bit more than that godzilla takes
1: such a back seat character wise well we get the the whole podcast three kind of going through and exploring the mysteries of this so i feel like we got enough Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the three of them going through the whole thing basically saying hey there's got to be more about apex technologies or whatever that uh, i like the concept of
2: uncovering a mystery of apex I do not like anything about how that plot is put together.
0: Yeah, I also think you could have saved the movie a lot of plot legwork by just having uh, Maddie just with the main Kong group. And just still, you could still like have a mystery aspect along with that. And uh, it, it felt very odd to divorce the Kong characters and the Godzilla characters like that, especially whenever the Godzilla characters... Weren't really doing Godzilla related stuff outside of like investigating Apex. I
2: I don't think for me I don't think putting them to I think keeping them separate would be good and having like this Kong side and this Godzilla side. Maddie should have been the one driving that. the the, the podcast character stuff doesn't really work for me at all. Um, and it takes and it just makes Maddie just kind of there. Which is strange. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure why Anthony Anderson from Transformers <laughs> is randomly <laughs> into this. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like,
2: know, the
0: exact same fucking character.
2: Her having a friend there that doesn't add anything either was very strange. Uh, it it takes a lot away from Maddie as a character, who I think is a really good character. You yeah, could it's have very had... strange
0: that they didn't employ Kyle Chandler like in, in that yeah, role. Yeah, employ him or Have
2: him with the Kong group so that way the two of them, that's when things can converge, maybe. Or. Any number of things. uh, I just think there's a better way to handle that. It's especially strange like that. We need to hack into Mechagodzilla stuff. Is pretty much, oh shit, Uh, they found Mechagodzilla. Their plot's over now. We have to still keep them involved (laughs) because these are main characters. Have them do busy work.
1: I think there's a slight amount of deconstruction to the human sidekick characters in a Keiju film going on. Like Julian Dennison's character is useless? The movie doesn't try and hide this from you. They don't try and make you think he's great. He says it himself like, I'm smart, but I'm also like a high schooler, you know, like high school smart. So I'm in over my head for this whole situation. I I kind of enjoyed that aspect of these characters are really humans who know very little and in the grand scheme of things of two you know, building size monsters fighting, how how much of an impact can they truly have? I like the uselessness of those guys and how weird and fruitless it is for them to try and intercede in, in matters. Especially since the bad guy's whole thing is, I'm manufacturing conflict because I want to be important. I want to stop Godzilla. I want to stop everyone else. I want to be the apex. I think there's that whole idea of who is the most powerful, who's in charge, who's influencing things, not necessarily well written into the plot or dragged to the forefront, but I think it's an undercurrent that kind of flows through most of these guys that was thought of at some point when they were putting them in.
0: Oh yeah, again, like uh, like all the. All the building blocks are there. It's just they're assembled in some very ass backwards ways uh, at, at various points, which which is which is frustrating because I don't want it to come across like uh, like Mike and I are even really downing the film because holy shit is this entertaining whenever it's working well.
1: I mean, there there are parts like when they discover Mechagodzilla's brain is King Ghidorah's. Skull that is connected through, through a human being through a te- uh, telepathy. That they know intuitively. That's just a weird enough detail that I am 100% for. If you go back and watch Showa era Godzilla, they were filled with very silly, weird out there concepts. And it's I'm not all the, for that. It's not
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like those concepts, those are awesome. Like, I love the concept of that. And it's not that stuff. It's the fact they walk into a room, see Ghidorah's skull, and then. The random podcast character we've been introduced to just blabbers all the information about what's going on after two seconds of looking at it.
0: It It's just which is odd when you have two villain characters. Yeah, you also have two villain characters from Apex with the other group who could also give that exposition. Again, it 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 comes across like a lot of like lashing different drafts together or like rewriting to pave over a plot hole that was created by something else being there. It just, it's all very busy in a way that's very unnecessary and detracts from the the best moments of the movie, which are simple in nature. Like, this movie is outstanding whenever it's keeping things simple. And yeah. so which is definitely Wingard's strength as a director as well.
2: Yeah, I adore this series. It's why I'm I'm bummed that I'm disappointed in, in Godzilla vs. Kong. I wanted it to be King of the Monsters level again, or at least close to it. But while those movies went for simplicity, um, something got lost in translation. It's weird watching the other two and then getting to, or, or or I guess the other three, and getting here and people are talking almost exclusively in like exposition because there's so much that has to be gotten out due to the lack of simplicity. When based on marketing, I just thought like, oh, King, oh Godzilla's gone haywire, probably because there's Mechagodzilla secretly being built. So they need King Kong to take down Godzilla to like save the world and shit. And then
1: things just got way more complicated than that. I think that hems a little closer to the idea we mentioned before, though, of if you strip out the human characters and story from one of these giant versus films, you can only go so far before it's just too thin to have anything standing behind it. You know, it just all falls over. So I, I think you need to have some of the, the more complex elements there to beef this up a little bit, add some intrigue, add some little extra flair there and there, and get you around places.
2: But I think there I'm still would
1: be. It, it, you know, like King of
2: the Monsters bad. and stuff, or, you know, just... Well, I, I disagree about King of the Monsters being there. simple.
0: King of the Monsters is complicated, but I feel like... It, it. King of the Monsters is a screenplay that picks its moments to be complicated, which I think is its greatest strength.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's definitely that one has a lot of this kind of stuff going on as well, and you you get some nitpicking from fans about that, as like uh, the motivation of the mother character in that one, and the, you know, the heel turn that comes.
0: Kind of Honestly, I think it's not it. My I feel like I would come away feeling the plot was a lot less convoluted if the editing were a little bit different, because e- even more so than like than anything else, this movie, like the pacing is particularly in the first half is very all over the place Like again it has a very uh, orky and Kurtzman first act where so much exposition is front loaded into the front of the first act and the more character based table setting stuff is in the back half of the first act and the beginning of the second it's frustrating which,
1: how the action yeah. is really back loaded I mean they they don't allow Kong to really have like a good action beat until the boat uh Godzilla has moments where he's blowing up cities, but even that is fairly brief because they don't want to give too much into Godzilla. I, I imagine.
0: Yeah, even the evil Godzilla subplot like comes in about ten minutes earlier than it should, and that's just kind of dropped while we set up everything else. Like there, there's some, sc- uh, some there's screenplay stuff that I strongly disagree with, but I think just like a decent reshuffling in the editing room would have made this flow significantly better.
2: Well, a lot of so much of you know there's there's a lot of b and c plot stuff that ultimately doesn't really matter or doesn't add up or is just floaty more or less and has no drive i I think that ends up being more the problem with it is there's so many components to each plot it it backs all of them up against each other like a traffic jam
0: yeah which i guess frustrating because it's it's a it, this is a very hard movie to dislike at, at any point. It's very charming. Yes, god. I I uh I hate that we like uh, front-loaded this uh episode with like a lot of uh a lot of negative critique cuz one thing I really want to focus on for a minute is how fucking impressed I am with Adam Wingard taking on a movie this fucking huge. Holy shit, I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, I, I want fucking Wingard to have the world now. Like, Give him the next big superhero movie. He can clearly handle it. Thundercats. Well, it kind
1: of goes along the, the same track of uh, Boyd Roberts going from Safety Not Guaranteed right up to King Kong, Skull, or King of Skull Island. Like they, They've taken a couple of interesting cracks at people who've done smaller movies and allowing them whole reign on, on these gigantic things.
0: Which is such a crapshoot normally. I mean, that's I mean we saw that with Edwards with the first Godzilla. Like that was extremely divisive because a lot of those indie sensibilities didn't quite cross over. Yeah, I mean and, he
1: seems like he'd be a safer bet just because the work in monsters is, is definitely leading up to the scale of what you'd want in a Godzilla film.
0: And then sometimes that pressure just crumbles a director. I mean, look at Josh Trank. Yeah. So I, I'm so happy to see us uh, come like hit in a complete jackpot with another small-time director moving on to a tentpole movie and knocking it out of the park on his end.
1: I'm very curious because, well, obviously he said, you know, Thundercats is one of the things he's working on. He's been hard to do. But I, I would love it if he could really use this as a spring to get back into some of the films he was making before this. If he could use his clout to say, okay, I've had one mega blockbuster. Let me make The Guest 2 or an equivalent movie to The Guest. You know, something that only costs $15 million but kicks in an incredible amount of ass. Please yeah,
0: give I, us a guest two.
1: A guest two would be great. Uh, I know we're never going to see another Blair Witch movie from him, but I would like something like that if he returned to pure. Horror. Give
0: us your next two. You have a premise. I he has it. been
2: sitting on that premise he for a long it. time.
0: guy. could you imagine Barrett and Wingard just opening up their own Spectra Vision and just just pre- releasing and just, uh, just movies from all their friends?
1: You know, we we probably should have realized Wingard was smart enough to pull off whatever he wanted to when he left Twitter years ago and never came back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was really the best
1: for him Like, wait a minute, all these people are assholes uh, stay. It's very weird having that man essentially drop off social media and just show up every once in a while like, hey, I've got a movie now Like, what? Oh,
0: where did you go? I thought you died Oh, it's like when I occasionally remember that Matt Fraction is still very active on social media, just not Twitter Yeah, huh. you're
1: not tweeting, you're not alive
0: <laughs> Follow us at Box Office Pulp
1: <laughs> Self-promotion
0: also, uh, while we're sucking off Adam Wingard and like the fight choreography and like just the amount of personality they were able to put into these matches, can we just talk for a moment about the fact that Godzilla and King Kong had a fastball special moment while they battled <laughs> Mecha Godzilla?
1: I, I I was so amped during that final fight when all of a sudden the two of them are just beating up Mecha Godzilla together. But right before that, as well. Mechagodzilla just smashing Kong with energy rays, like, holy shit. How fucking Uh, cool is this
2: Mechagodzilla? This may be my favorite version of Mechagodzilla.
1: So many Uh, rockets. Where are they putting all those rockets? And how does he reload?
0: I love, love how much the artifice of Mechagodzilla was played up. Like, that's so unnatural from a character standpoint. It's nothing like any of the monsters we've seen before, like, Seeing him take down other kaiju with robotic precision is is so completely different from the slug thefts we've seen. Yeah. And actually like, they, they take advantage of him being all CGI and not just a suit with him like, like having like the, the drill tail and like, his arms moving and rotating in bizarre ways. That was really cool.
1: For something that easily could just come off as too goofy, I think, for a lot of audiences to go with because <laughs> What if we took an inherently silly concept of a giant dinosaur that's radioactive and made it metal? They found a, a way to make it surprisingly engaging. And again, because this is a surprise villain, this easily could have just felt like, oh, God, they're just throwing some crap at us at the end. But I was into it. I, I loved that final fight. Uh, especially like the moment Kong has to get up after having his heart restarted like we're watching Crank. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting, getting like the little goodbye talk with uh, uh, Jaya. But also, small aside... She was actually a very, very fun character. Like, a character who is yeah. very concerned about Kong. Uh, the interesting little twist there that she's deaf, it doesn't lead to anything, but it, it's nice that it's not built into the plot either. There's just a deaf character. Uh, played by a young deaf actress, too, which is really yeah. interesting.
0: That, that was uh, very uh, kaiju territory, uh, as far as, like, characterization goes. Like that That's, like, a character that would pop up in a Mothra movie or something. Yeah, I yeah. love that.
1: So we get their, like, little tear-breaking moment where she's, you know, be careful, come back, and uh, the... Kong has to pop his shoulder back into place by slamming it into a building a couple of times.
0: <laughs> that might be the, the best moment in this entire film.
1: I think Kong is always at his best and one of my favorite monsters because he's always kind of gotten that level of weird little humanity thrown at him. Like even the original King Kong where after he defeats the, the T-Rex, he just starts fucking around with the Jaws. <laughs> those those little extra bits of character go so long into making that a real real character on screen. And for God's... Uh, King Kong, God damn it, I, I just... I'm so excited about them making him feel like just an old, worn-down action hero who's getting called into the shit again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh like... It, even with the CGI on Kong not looking the best sometimes, because good lord, is fur difficult to animate. There's there such a weight...
1: and in- Weird bits with HDR, at least when I was watching on my TV. It, it'll look better on disc, but there are parts like when he's in the Monsterverse or the the, the Hollow Earth... And there's all the blue mineral or whatever that just looked like someone had smeared blue over my TV instead of animating actual crystals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A bit. There's a little glow in the dark. But yeah, it's even that said, like the physicality of these two characters and the weight they have on them, the level, I I don't think Godzilla's ever looked this good. Like the amount of detail that went into that craggly bastard.
2: Yeah, the close-ups on his face, I-, I loved him so much.
1: There was a moment in this film, I think it's the first time in this version of Godzilla we've ever seen him take off at a run. Yeah. Like there's there's he a shot a of his more. legs and he's just, he's chugging along right at Godzilla. And I'm like, oh my god, oh god, he can run, get out of the way! think the guys are not going to save lives for once they're taking him.
0: <laughs> I am so happy with how much destruction there was in this movie too. The
1: slight redesign to the arms to make them just feel a little bit longer and more dexterous was it was a really smart move. I like how they used them in film, for him, like, swatting airplanes to just climbing on things. It's nice. Yeah,
2: I really liked I, The first time I noticed it was when him and Kong were fighting underwater, which was, that was surreal to see. But <laughs> just seeing Godzilla's arms doing shits to attack was, uh, yeah. I really liked the very slight redesign they gave him to gave him a little bit more dexterity. Yeah. In his in his fingers and digits, so he grab onto things, which was really helpful when your fight when the 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 fights against you know Ghidorah and stuff. You could design them around Godzilla's design. I think you do have to kind of alter Godzilla how Godzilla fights a little bit to better fight Kong. Otherwise, Godzilla is kind of just a punching bag who occasionally throws mm-hmm. like breath.
1: I mean, yeah, in this version, Godzilla. When he's got the tail, he's got the longer arm so he can fight or scratch. But that nuclear breath, even the cooldown on that has been nerfed, so he can he can shoot the blast out so much faster now. Which I love because it makes it almost a bit of a Yojimbo fight at the end. Kong has to uh, find out a way to get close to this guy so he can hit him.
0: Yeah, I, I love their use of Kong's fucking hollow earth axe that belong to his ancient Ook Ook ancestors.
1: What a neat bit of lore that they get to the hollow earth and there's just statues of Kong's all over the place. He has like a kind of throne carved out in the center and they don't get into this much at all. That there's just the axe that draws its energy from the place it is and somehow knows when it's being picked being up by Kong or when Godzilla is using his powers. I'm not quite sure. There, there's a lot of storytelling that can be done there. I'm sure there'll probably be like 40 different sequel comic books that get published over the next few years that dive into this.
2: Yeah. I like but the, I, I the hint of like, like this like sci-fi that mysticism that's presented. Yeah, yeah. that is hinted at a lot in King of the Monsters. When you get to what is essentially Togo yeah, to, Atlantis.
1: Yeah, you get the rival version of that with Godzilla's followers, and then you have Kong's followers in his section of the Hollow Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah it was really cool seeing that very like, intentional mirror of Sirizawa in underwater Atlantis in King of the Monsters, and uh, Kong approaching uh, that altar in the Hollow Earth. Like, yeah it's... There are there's so many just quiet, beautiful moments, particularly in the back half of this movie, that I think really make it more than the sum of its parts.
1: I mean, I was never expecting to walk into a Godzilla vs. Kong movie and have them have a section where King Kong loses gravity while he's floating around statues <laughs> of his ancestors. <laughs> like, that. that's wonderful. I, I I was very surprised and charmed by moments like that. And then I also got stuff I expected, like King Kong uh, destroying one of the villains by crushing
0: her hover copter, and that that was a blast. Shoving I say, the stick down Godzilla's mouth.
1: <laughs> the the moment where, uh, uh, what's her name, Maya Simmons, I think is the character, uh, the, the daughter of the villain, gets in her hover plane to try and leave after sending the magic formula to the magic energy to her dad, mm-hmm. and Kong just grabs <laughs> the, the hover-copter before it can go down the hole to go back to Hong Kong. And that look of oh shit as as Kong kind of looks at the the copter squints at it see what's inside just just squishes the thing kills everyone inside there's a an extremely beautiful explosion the effects on that explosion I, I think all the money went to that one particular explosion <laughs> oh I was I was I was out of my chair I love that brief little segment there uh, I mean if you're gonna kill a bad guy just squash him it. it's fun everyone loves it when a bad guy just gets
0: squished by a giant monster. That's the whole point of introducing a giant foot into your movie.
1: Pretty much. I think Rampage, to take a small segue, does this very well. There's there's a lot of uh, asshole characters in that film who just get squashed or devoured in one bite. And it, it's wonderful every time it happens in that film.
0: Also, can, can we all just appreciate the fact that there's one version of King Kong that has a happy ending?
1: I never would have expected a Kong versus Godzilla film, especially this one from the trailers, to end the way it did. It really seemed like they were setting it up where well, one of them's gotta die, this is the end of the franchise either Kong's gonna take over the reins and he's the new king of Earth or Godzilla's gonna take Kong down and make it a tragedy because Kong is always a form of tragedy and instead, no, they, they kind of come to grudging friendship Kong goes to live his days out back in his homeland, gets to wake up every morning, scratch his ass, go take a, a waterfall shower, go listen to the Hollies, what a life.
2: Hey, I I've already intimated that's still probably going to happen.
1: Monkey, monkey, monkey! I can't wait until someday from now they do a sequel series, and that's that's exactly how they get Kong out of the Hollow Earth. There's just a bunch of people above ground just crying over the corpse of a giant, probably not Godzilla, because he'll be owned by Toho, but just a giant Godzilla-shaped hole in the ground, just just calling for Monkey to come back and save them from whatever new dangers there are.
2: We could have yeah. he, lifts, he, he lifts up like Bruce Wayne out of the Batcave the beginning of Dawn of Justice.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is I want more Kong. Just keep pulling this guy out of retirement. He's told for this shit, but it doesn't matter. We can keep getting Lethal Weapon movies forever. We can keep getting Kong movies forever. It's fine. Do a See, prequel I, to I, this
2: one, though, where we pro- properly introduced to these characters. Where the storm I know, I overtakes hate... Skull Island.
0: I'm so sad that... I, get, I just wish... Skull Island weren't so div- divisive and we could have gotten, like, four of these fucking King Kong movies leading up to Godzilla versus Kong. It would have been Kong. really cool, yeah. Because, God, I just want to see an adventure franchise of Hellboy Kong and his scientist friends just exploring shit. Because seeing King Kong in sci-fi environments is so fucking cool.
2: Yeah, and you can do a Dude, lot more with it. King Kong on, like, a personal level than you can with Godzilla. That
0: at least, you know, throwing in Godzuki.
1: Look, we can always save Mecha Kong for the sequel. Ah.
0: Well, that's you, you, this movie introduces the sign language aspect, which leads to like potential characterization and character arcs for Kong in the future. Like, there's so much to work with.
1: He's a learning monkey. He knows what he's talking about. Huh. Monkey. Anyway, monkey.
2: Monkey.
1: Monkey. Monkey. monkey, monkey. monkey.
2: Oh, monkey. sorry. I just saying, monkey. Just
1: oh, oh. I don't. I didn't like participating in that when he goes to the end. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. Off. Just awful. I want a lot of purpose that. Good. Well, anyways, folks, I'm going to shut this podcast off immediately. Go watch this movie again, and then follow up with <laughs> Pacific Rim One. And I'm just gonna. I'm gonna live in that, that world.
0: Same universe.
1: Same universe. Why not? GDT said he would like to have Godzilla fight uh, the the Pacific Rim. Uh, Jägers, probably unlikely. Could still happen? We, it's all legendary. We nearly
2: got there. I mean, what is the Mech Mecha Godzilla attack than just early Jaeger shit? It's it seems pretty darn close until Ghidorah took I mean, over, proving once again that he's Satan. <laughs> you can't trust Ghidorah; he's evil incarnate. He's an alien. Don't use alien brains for mecha robots.
1: It's, it, it's probably a bad idea. Probably a bad idea. I can't think of any movie where it turns out for the best. I had a really oh, well. cool. Somebody will cool get a
2: Gadira, Gadira toy when I was a kid and it was my favorite, and I don't know where it is.
1: It's lost. You abandon your chi- child. You, you, you could
2: hit the button toy. and his heads would spin.
0: <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that just make him throw up? Yes, that was the fun.
2: That's how you defeat him.
1: <laughs> the trick is you hit his weak spot and he vomits everywhere. It's awful.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Which head's going to vomit next? Oh, it's the middle
1: one now. <laughs> what a terrible toy for children.
0: It's pretty God, bad. Their little villagers it. inside. I like Ghidorah. also. I mean, if if
1: if Ghidorah threw up, let's consider the science here. Ghidorah is how many stories tall? That vomit's going to hit terminal velocity coming down. And Ooh. Ghidorah throwing up isn't just going to be like when you and I throw up and it's a couple ounces. This is going to be hundreds, of, hundreds of pounds, more than hundreds. It's going to be sort oh, tons of vomit. And even oh, if you, you survive
2: a hit, it's stomach acid. It'll melt you.
0: Imagine I'm just vomiting up an entire military cemetery.
2: Oh, that's offensive. Support the
1: troops.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Ghidorah ate a lot of military guys
1: in the last movie. Anyways, folks at home, a little bit of homework. You should go home and look up how much a cow can vomit. You'll be stunned.
2: I thought you were going to say go back and count how many military guys Ghidorah has eaten over the course of his long filmic career.
1: That will be our next contest. Whoever guesses it right, uh, we'll have to trust you because I'm not going back and rewatching all of them and counting. But whoever gets it right, we'll, we'll probably not do anything for I, I don't know.
2: We'll We're find something. If you if you actually go out and do this, we'll get you something. We'll find something to send you. But you have to do it. That's right. It Folks, has to be all of his appearances.
0: Michael will oh. slip you $20 and tell you how to buy something nice.
1: Folks, if you would like to come through more of our episodes to see if there are stupid challenges you could probably lied to us about in order to win like a yo-yo. I don't know what we give away for prizes. You can find more of us under Box Office Pulp on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, I always forget where we're on besides that. Is it is it Amazon Music? Google Play? Where it's, are it's we? It's
2: Amazon Music. We're also on Google Play if Google Play still technically exists.
1: I think it does. I have an app on my phone that says Google Play. Hey. You can find us there. We're also at Box Office Pulp on Twitter, so you can yell at us there or around. Find us. We're on Facebook, too, if you want to yell at us there. There's a lot of places to yell at us. We're we're surprisingly around. Always listening. Boxofficepulp.com. Boxofficepulp.com. Send us news. for joining us. Sorry. No. Don't do that. Please don't. He's on drugs. Don't listen to
0: him. My goddammit, don't get Reddit after us.
1: Sorry. (laughs) That was Mike. That was Mike. Destroy him first. (laughs) Destroy him Everyone is
0: canceled but me. I (laughs) throw any
1: of you motherfuckers into the bus. That's right. I will drive the bus personally. I
0: have the receipts!
1: Anyways, I think that's Tea! Get the hell out of here, folks. <laughs> Monkey. And like that, he's gone.
0: Just imagining Cody screaming tea while throwing inc- incriminating <laughs> documents at people.
1: <laughs> Cody, those were the only copies. Oh, no! Could you hand those back? I need to... No, my purse's oh. tea! Yeah, don't put them in the fire.
2: But seriously, I'm glad oh, Godzilla won.
1: Fuck Godzilla! I'm gonna tell him you said that. That is an American hero you're talking about. King Kong. That's where it's at. He's got all the personality, the charm, the magic axe. You know, it's
2: it's very funny to call Godzilla an American hero, but also kind of horrifying.
0: I mean, why? You know, this... Well, why can't we have things, Mike? All I'm saying is, why does America is... always have to be told no?
2: Maybe we shouldn't name the stand-in for the Hiroshima bomb. An American hero. That feels a little too Reagan.
0: Why not? We created Hiroshima.
1: This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast Production. Now, please, please, please put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight.
2: And now, on with the show.